What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Here we are with another episode, Matt. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm I'm a little little tired, but I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, wake up and uh, talk to see how your week has been. I've been up a few hours already. Uh, woke up to get a haircut this morning. Okay. Yeah. I've been going to the same. I, I've had the same barber for three, four years. Mm-hmm. Does a great job. His name is George. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious when you get a haircut. You face the mirror, right? Every time you've ever gotten a haircut in your life, you sit and you're facing a mirror the entire time. Absolutely. I have the added bonus of I get to remove my glasses to facilitate in the haircutting part. So I can't really see myself in the mirror, but I am technically (laughs) facing the mirror. (laughs) Have you ever heard of a haircut being done where you're not facing a mirror? Where he like just turned you 180 degrees the other way? That is exactly what he does. (laughs) Okay, why? I don't know. I don't recall if I've ever questioned it or not, but like, I don't know if I like it or not. I'm just facing the, there is a mirror. It's a, it's a, it's a barbershop and there's a mirror and he literally spins the chair around. So I'm facing the opposite direction throughout the duration of the cut. And at the end of the cut, it's just like, surprise, here's your hair. Actually, he doesn't even spin me around at the end. Oh, weird. That's it's I so wonder strange. Why? I mean, I'm I'm curious why the mirror is really there in the first place, other than that last moment when they hold the other mini mirror behind you. So that wait you can a minute, see wait the- a minute. Do you do you not give notes throughout the cut? Oh no, no, not usually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never once do they say, "Hey, do you want a little shorter?" And then you give a comment. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess. But that's like so rare. You can do that at the end or like when they're finishing up. But you don't really need. So let the me ask you, throughout. how do you do that? How do you do that without a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> it's used for just that moment. I guess that, that's when I look up. And sometimes you're right. I do have to put my glasses on for that moment. But again, I'm just so used to not looking in the mirror, I guess. This is weird. This is a weird. How do vampires get their haircuts? <laughs> they can't see what? the reflection in a mirror. <laughs> you're telling me my topic's weird and then you bring up the vampires? What? <laughs> what they can't see their own reflection? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I mean... <laughs> it, it it is a little bizarre to face the opposite way, but it seems mm-hmm. like it wouldn't bother you at all. Uh, no, I think it would be very weird. <laughs> so while I'm sitting in the chair, not staring at myself, I got an idea for how barbers should be uh, like a new invention. It's kind of a get-rich-quick scheme that okay. maybe I could do, you could do. Maybe we go in on it together, or sure. maybe maybe part of the listenership does it and our, takes it from us. Our first mind over magic product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's for barbers, really. Okay. You're great. Because our cell phones can hear everything we're doing now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I think every time someone says to you, like, hey, nice haircut, Siri or whatever Android version of that hears it. Okay. And the barber gets a small tip every time. Oh, you, want, you hear a nice so, haircut. So it's an incentivizing a good haircut? Yes. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think that's a slippery slope because you could do that for anything. Like if you get a nice clothing comment, you know, like well, nice shirt, like you're, you're tipping the, the clothing brand. Isn't there artistry to, to being a hairdresser or barber of any kind? And, and shouldn't there be some sort of credit? I am sure there is. But I mean, what's wrong with the current tipping situation we have? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is additional. And a, okay, on top of what you 
tip them. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like residuals. It's like yeah, when you're it a, also comes from the customer, though. It's like you're in a TV show and that's gone into syndication and you get that like residual check every once in a while, a few extra cents. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was already kind of um, discerning about this. I thought, well, what if you're, you know, the type of person that's not going out that much? You're not getting that many compliments on your haircut because you're kind of uh, reclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's okay because it's a low risk cut. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Not that many people are seeing it. Like, what if you just are like, oh, I like the haircut, but I don't want to, like, bleed my pocket dry if everyone's <laughs> going to be complimenting me. And then you just, like, put on a hat or something. I think you can opt in, right? <laughs> you opt in with a hat? <laughs> no, you. that's how you opt out. Oh, opt out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should all be digital. You shouldn't have to wear a hat if you want to opt out. I think that's all just in your settings. You have to dig around to find it, but it's there. I, I it's al- like unsubscribing. I also don't like the fact that there's like, I understand, yeah, our phones are listening to us, but I don't want the physical proof of my bank account reflecting that every time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't want to be reminded that our phones are listening to us all the time. So to clarify, you're not for this get rich. No, I don't like it. I don't know. I also don't know how you monetize it. The barber seems to be into it because they're making money. But how would we we take a cut? Is there like, yeah, the company gets a cut, gets like a small percentage of every uh, of every donation. What's the benefit to why people would want to opt into this? Um, you know, it feels good, right? It feels good every time someone says nice haircut and you should feel a little guilty that you're really not crediting them in that moment. So you just, it's a little bit of a residual, like you said. I don't think this is a moneymaker. It's more of a get poor quick scheme. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. (laughs) Anyway, I thought it was a nice idea. I I love that you came in with this strong, like, pro-barber union pitch, though. Hey, I just wanted to catch you up on my day. That's that's all I've done today. So, so it was on the top of your mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to I like to open with a little top of mind stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. What about you? You got anything top of mind today? Uh, I'm just recovering. Last night, I was uh, it was like the first night I was back in New York, and it was one of those classic New York nights that I used to do all the time, where you weren't quite sure where the night was gonna take you because like things are open now, right? So like bars are staying up late. Staying up late, staying open late. <laughs> like, <laughs> Both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I basically, uh, I knew I was going to go back to the Soho Playhouse. Uh, we mentioned uh, on a previous episode, I saw Todd Robbins' Haunt Quest show. So he um, was doing a, a photo shoot just because, you know, now that people have masks, uh, you know, if you're fully vaccinated or, or just kind of anyone now. I mean, you could lie and say you're fully vaccinated, but indoors you can have no mask. So we want to do like promo shots to help promote the show. So he invited people who was like, if you've seen the show before, come and just like be in the audience. That way you're not like ruining a fresh experience, you know, for anyone who hadn't seen the show. So because a camera walking around is distracting. Is that, well, he wasn't going to do a whole show. He was just going to do parts of the show and like, oh, you know, get, the, get the shots in the video. And it's not like, yeah, it's, he's, it's 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 just just from promotional materials. That was the point. Yeah, of it. it's staged for the purpose of content. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of friends and family and stuff like that that had seen the show. So uh, we we knew that was gonna go in, and he he thanked us all by taking us to the brewery across the street afterwards, and just was like one of those 
like we're like, well, it's only eleven o'clock and bars are open, so we then we just like started exploring the city. If you have my friends that were there, and uh, you know, it was a late night, so that's why I'm a little tired today. But uh, I just I miss those New York nights where it's like, oh, we didn't know what was gonna happen. We're gonna you know explore around, find food later. You know, it's just like a little bit of back to normal, and I am enjoying that. That's fun. So yeah. it wasn't a show at all. It was really just it was just for the content. But you had a good time regardless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it's it's that showbiz thing of like you're just gonna like sit in the audience and watch. You know, a lot. Did, did you just, have a producer coming over to you telling them telling you that you needed to have more energy, like at Wild and Out? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did get. A, I was hypnotized. I was. Uh, I went under for this t- for this part of the the show, which was uh was fun. To, wasn't there a situation where there was hypnosis happening in a hotel room with you and I once? I don't remember oh, if what? either of us. I want to say uh, hypnotist David Hall was part of this. Yeah, a NACA conference. This was definitely. But, but did either of us get hypnotized or no? I feel like you might have. I think there was you... some sort of situation. I remember just being like either not getting hypnotized and being like, yeah, this is not going to work. I don't remember what the story was. The way I remember it was it was one of those like late night hanging oh, out definitely. in a, you know, a hotel suite. With yeah, a like bunch 20 of people. people in this small room. Yeah. And it's one of those things where people like eventually, especially with what we do, like I think you might have been showing some card tricks or like some people were like it was kind of like a show and tell sequence, right, where everyone yeah. was kind of getting involved. But if I remember correctly, you were doing a card trick. Oh, um, I don't remember that. That yeah. seems so unlike me. But- oh, man, this is going to tie into something we were going to talk about today. You fried everyone with an A-can, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that yeah. what happened? Okay, I believe yeah. so, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, you do request that of me every once in a while. <laughs> uh, but, um, but like, if you're a hypnotist, what are you going to demonstrate other than a hypnosis experience so i think it was like maybe you and one other person and uh our friend dave went into a full hypnosis you know induction induction. that's what it was an induction but i don't think it ever worked no i think it also was like it was strange because it was like a 10 minute thing and it was like this is going on very long uh and And the whole time i was trying not to laugh yeah i don't think yeah i don't think you went under i don't I think Whatever was, that even means. I think it was clear the other person did, and then you were just like playing along and smiling, and everyone was watching <laughs> you because it was so funny that we knew you were not hypnotized. Everyone was aware except the hypnotist yes. that I was not under the influence <laughs> of the hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also a weird thing to like stop a whole party of people who are having fun and like drinking and like having a good time to like, all right, now 10 minutes of me slowly calming you down and to get you into a trance (laughs) everyone has to be silent it's going to be tons of fun (laughs) yeah exactly that's never a good line to have at a party (laughs) i need everyone's dire attention now (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's that that's that's quite the story though uh but um but yeah other than that i mean it's just been a long week of uh celebrating like i said my birthday tends to be a week-long thing so we uh i had another scam and after the scam we had a big like kind of birthday celebration um my friend emily made an amazing it looked like a store-bought cake but it was a star wars cake that she made all the elements to uh with lightsabers on it and like little molds of like the millennium falcon and darth vader and stormtroopers it was it was quite 
delightful. I've had so much sweets this week, <laughs> so I'm just kind of recovering in a lot of ways <laughs> from uh, from this past week. And then more importantly, I... did it taste as good as it looked? Oh, it was delicious. It was like what kind? Funfetti? Fun... Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was a funfetti cake. That's Is right. it really? Yeah. I guessed. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You were right. And um, and then did I tell you about the pizzas? No, you didn't tell me about the pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> so this was something that I surprised myself with. I guess I got a, a hankering for some deep dish pizza, which is very rare to find in New York. I think there's maybe like one restaurant because it's New York style pizza in New York City. But I was like, I really like Chicago deep dish every once in a while. So I ordered six pizzas from Chicago to get shipped to me. <laughs> and they just like took up my entire freezer. And that was like a fun little surprise that I forgot I had done uh, for my birthday. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, shout out to Giordano's Pizza. In, in How Chicago. many pizzas did you get? Six full pizzas. And you put them in the freezer. Yeah, like they literally <laughs> ship them from Chicago. Now, there's a Giordano's in Vegas that I like to yeah, go to. Yeah, at least one. Yeah, at least one. So it's. I feel like every time we drive by it, if I'm with you, you're like, "Oh, let's go there." Yeah, and I'm like, it's at the in the little Bally's forefront area, and uh, I know there was a Dell's there at one point. There so was. Like, there are Dell's. I don't know where they are, but there are Dell's in Vegas still, I believe. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Dell's Lemonade, Frozen Lemonade, like a staple of Rhode Island. So it's. I love that there's like these little uh, different uh, food items from different parts of the country that are all just conglomerating in Vegas. Uh, and you can find those. So you're you're the melting pot of the food world. <laughs> I I'll guess. tell you, this is bizarre because we, we talked all about the Dunkin' Donuts drink and all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have Dunkin' in your hand. Mm-hmm. As I was saying that, you're drinking Dunkin' yeah, Donuts. Drinking uh, so we have two new locations inside the link. And literally, since we did the grand opening, I have not seen either location open once. I don't know what? what's going on. <laughs> what? Did I don't they know just if open some... for you and that was it? And then they're like, we got to shut down again? <laughs> I've never seen anything like it because Vegas is... Like crazy busy, the link is packed, tons of, you know, business coming and going, and they would just be killing it right now, and they're just literally closed every single day, from what I can tell, 24 hours a day. I don't know. Wow. Maybe, I, I have no idea what's going on. Wow. No idea. Do we think Bizarre, though. Like a, just a front? Like, like If it were me, and I had a grand stuff. opening, I would be open the next day. Yeah, that's probably a wise <laughs> decision. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the day after that, but it's been like two weeks since then. Just wow. crazy. Well, yeah. Well, if people were looking to get the Matt Franco drink, good luck. Available it's a, nowhere. It's impossible to find. <laughs> it was once available potentially at two locations in the same building, now available nowhere at all. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. Um, what else has been going on this week with you? How's shows? How are shows going? Good, good. I was doing the, uh, I was doing a, a show, a couple nights back, and I pull up, uh, you know, volunteers from the audience as always. Right. And uh, this was cool. So I go through the show, go through the routine, finish the show, good time, go home, and I get tagged in the photo because during the routine we take a photo. I take a photo on stage using the audience participant's cell phone. Right. Right. And uh, take a photo of myself and them. Hmm. And I get tagged in the photo later on to see that maybe I should have recognized this person I pulled on stage. Oh, who was it? 
So her name's Molly McCook, and she plays Tim Allen's daughter on a major uh, Fox sitcom called Last Man Standing. Oh, yeah. Oh. So you've heard of the show? I know the show, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. You've seen it. I have not seen the show. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no. But um, she was so awesome, and, and her and her husband were there, and I, I guess he's a Broadway actor as well, and uh, had some special guests at the show, and I didn't even realize it. Oh, that's that's... Yeah, because usually you would think that like maybe the someone in your your staff or the house would recognize if there's celebrities and let you know, right? Occasionally, yeah, like an usher or someone will will recognize someone, but it's almost never me. <laughs> well, we know how you are with movies. If Denzel Washington had walked in, you would have been. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. Oblivious. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> But that was so that was kind of neat. That was cool. It's that kind neat. of uh, you know, having uh, a special guest back at the show. That was great. Yeah. And, I love it. And you had um an article about your show just recently that you reposted, right? Was that Yeah, the... some things coming out in Las Vegas magazine. Nice. I think there's some more where that came from on the way cuz we are going to be announcing dates going on sale for the rest of the year very soon and oh, great. no longer for the new dates will people have to buy in pods of two or four. Oh wow okay so, so if you're just... solo you can get a ticket if you're a group of three you can get a ticket so uh, i believe that that's what's happening so that's exciting just open um, it up will... completely now open it up yeah, yeah yeah i will say though i've seen this has happened over the past five years but more so than ever messages from people on Twitter, Instagram saying like, oh, I'm in Vegas and want to see your show so bad, but can't get tickets. Oh, like yeah. because limited occupancy and everything. Right. And it's not just my show. It mm -hmm. like if you're coming to Vegas, this really is a pro tip. Like get your show tickets. And I'm not kidding. If you want to go to a certain restaurant, make a reservation. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. It is hopping. Right. It is hopping. And the limited occupancy, which is still sort of based on what businesses decide they're doing. So a lot of them are limited to some degree, you know, uh, if not most. So like, if you want to go somewhere, even on a Wednesday, you know, make <laughs> yeah. your plans. That is my pro tip because it is, um, it is very, very busy. And that definitely, definitely includes show tickets. Yeah. It's interesting because of the, like the pods and like how you're doing things now with like the, the groups of four groups of two, I, you know, when I go to Vegas, I usually go by myself. So like, mm -hmm. you're either going to find a friend, make a friend. I know I had some friends in, in Vegas that were trying to see your show too. And it was just that thing is like, you can't buy a single ticket right. anywhere. And I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that go to Vegas that are, you know, kind of riding solo. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's exciting news for people that if they are kind of by themselves, that they'll be able to uh, kind of uh, experience Vegas the way things used to be pretty soon. You go to a show yourself, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've, same here. You have, right? Yeah. I have no qualms about that. I go to movies by myself. It's like, because like during a show or during a movie, you don't want, you're not supposed to be talking anyway. Right, right. right. <laughs> supposed to be just kind of sitting there enjoying it. Obviously, you want to go with someone so you can talk about the shared experience afterwards. Right. I think that's part of it. But, like, I won't let that stop me from going to something by myself because if I want to experience that thing, I'll just experience it. Mm-hmm. Well, know? travel will do that to you, too. Right. You know, when you travel, if you're traveling solo, oh, yeah. you get used to sitting in restaurants. You get used to all those things. <laughs> that's it's always, peaceful in a way. That's always the fun thing when you're like on the road and you're like, you don't want to do like any of the fast food drive through stuff. And you're like, go to a restaurant. And they're like, oh, for two. You're like, no, just just give me one menu and one plate <laughs> yeah. at a table by <laughs> right, myself. Right. <laughs> you, you oh, get just one? Yeah. Yeah. Like all judgy. It's like, yeah. all right, host. <laughs> You don't know my life. 
<laughs> and then it just gets more sad. Like a song comes on at the restaurant that reminds you of a friend, and like you want to like send them a, a video of it or something, and just realize you're alone. And, and then you get the, the 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 large group of people who come in, and they're at a table, and they come over and go, uh, "Is anyone using this chair?" Can I oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. Take it. Yeah, yeah, take take away any last potential idea that someone might think I'm just waiting for someone. Yeah. <laughs> take away any hope. Uh, oh, I missed the road life. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say something else. Oh, speaking of uh um um the A-can you brought up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's another article. It was uh, the New York Times did a big feature on David Burgless. Yeah, Stuart Ross sent it to me. Nice. Our friend Stuart. I saw it in the Times. Um, mm-hmm. are, were you familiar? You must be familiar with Burgless prior to this, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, for those of you who don't know, he's the international man of mystery, I think, his self-proclaimed title but like legendary uk magician uh but i mean he kind of even like define himself as a magician really he kind of it was just he made mystery you know because a lot of things he does were like mentalism i know he inspired a lot of mentalists in that and you know generations to follow uh but you know he he kind of is known for uh taking these large risks and doing these like large impossible stunts um I think one of my favorite stories about uh, Burglis is when, um, uh, what's the, uh, pick, is it Piccadilly Circus or some traffic circle in, uh, in the UK where he was able to stop traffic with his mind. So suddenly everything froze in place. Uh, the people walking on the streets froze, the cars all stopped moving, and then he just kind of snapped his fingers and everything started to uh, to go again, which is like an amazing visual uh, and just like things that you would have no idea like how that's possible. And he did that for a lot of his TV specials and stuff like that. Pause. Pause is how it's possible. Pause? The pause button. Oh, you'd think he just, it was a video and he hit pause? I, I, I've never <laughs> seen this thing. I just, I'm hearing about it for the first time and I would imagine the method has is pause. No, he was on the rooftop live over the traffic circle you know <laughs> really you've yeah. seen this uh no well it's that that's the thing about burglis is he's so like his, his there's there's a book that's uh very rare uh the burglis effects well not even that one it's his <laughs> mind myth and magic book and myth is very part of his legend you know making mm. like he has all these incredible stunts that like are just so impossible. The legend precedes him when every mm-hmm. when anyone th- talks about David Burglis. So that's mm-hmm. what this article is about. Was this legendary effect called the Burglis effect, where essentially, uh, I mean, you called it an A can, which is sh- short for any card at any number. Uh, for those of you who don't know, but uh, normally, as the article describes, like there's a moment where like the ma- magician will touch the deck at some point, and the the purest version of an any card at any number is Burglis's because it's just impossible. He hands you a deck of cards, you say a card, and you say a number, and that ca- you count down, and that card is at that number. 
which is impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, what did you think of the article in general? Because I think I feel the uh, the author maybe gave a little too much away. But what were your thoughts? I, I, I don't think so. I, I thought it was a, an enticing read. I don't think they necessarily gave too much away. I mean, I think their knowledge was limited enough where they don't really know how much they're even giving away. Sure. Um, and I think to to us, if we're close to the fire, like we know what's right, what what parts are right on, and which parts are not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a the thing that struck me the most because I agree. I think that you know, people's memories are fallible. There's a lot of stories of people recalling the the Burglis effect too, which are you know some were you know spot on, some were a little bit different. You know, so mm-hmm. he's trying to kind of pinpoint down how to do these amazing things and you know which i thought was interesting to take the time in the new york times to like go into like try to do an expose almost of this effect but in reality he never gets there he, he kind of drops hints as how he thinks it might be happening but in the end he's still just as baffled as anyone else and it mm-hmm. really is just a um kind of a piece about burglis himself and how you know it's a character you know description and uh, just to show what kind of person he is. Uh, but uh, I think the quote from Burglis is my favorite because he says, like, I can't give you the secret to this because it's like a jazz musician trying to teach you how to improvise. And I think I that, loved that. That tells about, you know, how he approaches a lot of these effects is, you know, maybe there's not one method. Like, maybe there's multiple ways he gets to one result. And just from the things I know about Burglis, too, he will – do he'll he'll have that approach to it but at the same time he will spend years working out details on how to just get like a few moments of mystery in someone's life <laughs> like mm-hmm. like the amount of work that goes into some of this stuff is beyond what anyone would think i mean just like i know some of the inner workings of um he had someone hide maybe it was like a a, a trinket or or maybe it was money i forget what it was exactly hidden but um uh he someone was allowed to hide it anywhere in london (laughs) and then he had to find where this thing was hidden and without going into the actual method it it felt like it was a like a james bond you know like espionage (laughs) Mm -hmm. um kind of like all these things coming together in order to accomplish this and it's just amazing the amount of work that he does to go through it so yeah for sure it was an amazing article and um i'm very curious why the author chose like now of all times to like feature burglars (laughs) but i guess he heard about the legend that's the thing is his legend is so strong so yeah you thought it went too far though i think I don't know. I think there's uh and again, but it's, it's, it's that fallible author. So he didn't really kind of know necessarily, but I think there's a lot of puzzle pieces. If you have the background, like you and I have that you could put together to kind of figure out elements of it. But again, who knows? I, I have an idea on how some of this stuff works, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was, it was a great read. I think it, you know, if if someone were to read it, I think it would probably increase their appreciation, right? Versus uh, decrease it. So that that to me is okay in my book. Yeah, and we'll put a link to the New York Times article uh, as well if you want to check that out uh, in the show notes uh, because it is a fascinating read. I, the other story that comes to mind with Burglis is um, our friend uh, Nate Staniforth's book. Do you remember? 
Have you, the did, book? You, did you read Nate's book, um, mm-hmm. Here is Real Magic, at all? Mm-mm. Oh, I recommend that book too because Nate Nate's a, uh, I met through the college market and he took a break after a while because he was a little disillusioned by you know just going you know doing the cafeteria shows where he's grinding like, yeah he's kind of like the the <laughs> kind of viewed in some ways like the Bob Dylan of magic and he just wants like his magic to be so pure so he he takes this long epic trip to India to kind of recapture the the true magic feeling. Uh, but in his his book he wrote, uh, Here is Real Magic, uh, he talks about meeting David Burgless. And the story is he um, meets him at his house and just like in passing, David Burgless goes, oh, what's your wife's um, favorite flower? And I think it's like, pe- he says like peonies or something like that. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then kind of takes him to his back garden and the whole garden is just Full of peonies. Really? <laughs> yeah, just full of peonies. And he's like, wow, that is like so magical. And he later was retelling this story to his wife after this happened, obviously. And she goes, that's even more impressive because they're not even in season right now. Right, <laughs> so, right. So it's just like this impossible story. And these stories just are so tied to Burglist that like this, that's how you make the myth and the legend. You know, right, it's just sure. these impossible things. So anyway. Uh, I'm a big fan of Burglist, and he like influences a lot of people from Darren Brown into like you know all the, all these magical thinkers, you know, and so forth. For so. sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, check out David Burglist. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, man. Very very cool. Um, also, uh, let's see. I was uh, on a podcast. You can check out while you're checking out things. <laughs> I did uh, uh, the the three questions with Jake Strong. You can check that out. He asked me three questions, and I answered them. It's a quick, short podcast. What were the gist of the questions? Were they, like, personal? Yeah, one was about Broadway, my Broadway experience. One was about sure. AGT, and uh, uh-huh. I can't think of the third one right now. <laughs> yeah, man, um, speaking of AGT, I, I happened to catch an article on the Internet, ScreenRed.com. You've, you've seen that, right? Yeah, I know Screen that's right. Yeah, yeah. So they ranked the seasons of AGT, which I think they're going on season 16. This year's their sweet oh, yeah. 16. I think it starts a in a week seasons. too, right? The new uh, season? It's, yeah, it's in about a week, mm-hmm. yep. But I think June 1st. But anyway, they ranked the seasons, uh, you know, the top 10 oh. best. Wow. Now, what do you suppose the top season of AGT was? Oh, According to ScreenRant.com, without cheating – and without any biases, what do you think? Oh, I'm not. I'm. Not, I have no idea because I mean, each season's so different. How do you rank seasons? Of uh, that it's show? totally subjective. But I thought that the answer was interesting. All right. Um, season one is not the answer, probably. Okay. All right. That is correct. I don't even know if it made the top ten. I'm not sure. It's so long ago. All right. So I was. Season I'll tell you, it's seven. not mine. See, I was season seven. You were season nine. Yeah, was not nine. I will tell you that just to just to clear the water on that. I think season nine was like number ten or number nine or something. Shin was what eleven? I'm not sure. Eleven or twelve, I think. He was a couple years after you. That was a strong season too. Oh, I'll this say this is not the trivia. So you want me to tell you? I'll say seven. It I'll, was seven. It was. 
It was your season. It was my season. It was a strong season. <laughs> well, it was one of the reasons I did the show on that season, too, because I knew a lot of people were going to be watching with Howard Stern. It was his first year. Oh, right? that was his first year. Yeah. yeah. And it was Sharon's last year, uh, which mm. people didn't know tuning in because that right. kind of happened throughout the season that she wasn't They did know back. it was Stern's first. Yeah, but they did know it was Stern's <laughs> first. But I remember just the competition was so wild because like normally in the final rounds you're getting a couple music acts and then like maybe a few magicians or maybe you know like a couple you know variety acts but like every act felt so different in my finale <laughs> like it was like we're not even competing against like acts it's like if you just happen to like you know a large dance group over a, we had the string harp guy you know where mm. he had the giant mm -hmm. harp kind of that he put through the whole theater and you know it was just it was wild so many we had you know great comics like tom cotter and mm -hmm. uh yeah so uh, that's that's funny to hear uh, so what what are, what's the rankings going down? I don't I don't remember all the other people, but seven. I, you know what? It was only relevant to me that Eric Diddleman's season was number one, <laughs> and mine was like near the bottom of the list, and that was all that stuck out. It's still still top ten though. It's top <laughs> ten out of sixteen. <laughs> yeah. <there you> go. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't put it that way. <laughs> Six seasons didn't even make the cut. <laughs> top ten in the world. There that's you go. Great. That's so. great. Well, mm -hmm. that's nice to hear. Like now, that, that wasn't a real trivia question, but no. you know, I was hoping we could get some going. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get to trivia, we always have to do Diddle Me This. Diddle Me This, Diddle Me That. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, Matt, are you ready for your riddle? Born ready. I don't know why I did it like the Monday Night Football jingles. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for some football? Um, I don't know why you think that voice had anything to do with football. <laughs> it was more the rhythm. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I like this one. It's, it starts off cocky. Hey, genius. <laughs> I start with the letter E. I end with the letter E. I usually contain one letter, but I am not the letter E. What am I? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Well... I feel good off the bat being called a genius, but now I f immediately feel <laughs> uh, like it's sarcastic. Hey, I start, genius. I start with the letter E. I will tell I, you the genius has nothing to do with the riddle. Okay. <laughs> I start with the letter E. I end with the letter E. I usually have one letter, but I'm not the letter E. Yeah. Wow, I usually have one letter. I start with the letter E. I end with the letter E. I usually contain one letter, but I am not the letter E. What am I? Mm. Got it. Yes. I usually contain one letter is the key to this riddle. That is correct. Because letter is the double meaning here. Mm -hmm. It's not letter as in letter of the old alphabet. It is letter as in enclosed in an, wait for it, envelope. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Genius. That's a good riddle. I like this riddle a lot because, there's, yeah, it has that double meaning of the word letter, but you think it's just a word puzzle. So mm -hmm. uh, great job. Thank you, sir.
Time for trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. I saw a segment of um, Bob Saget's podcast, and he was interviewing Jody Sweden, who played Stephanie Tanner on Full House and Fuller House. I'm aware, yes. And that, ha- and then that has influenced me to provide you with Full House trivia. <laughs> okay. I was really hoping for America's Funniest Home Video trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Although I pro- that's probably much harder. <laughs> you got to be well-versed on Full House. Sure. I know what some. Is th- what is the name of Jesse and Joey's radio show? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, Jesse and Joey's radio show. And I do have options. I probably will know it once I hear it. Uh, and I'm, and I know Danny Tanner's like TV show. This, this, this family, by the way, was so into like showbiz. <laughs> well, it was supposed to originally be, um, uh, a story about three comedians living in one house until it went the more family direction. Right. Yeah, there you go. So Joey was the state of the, the comedian, and then mm-hmm. Jesse became the rock star. And then, Do you remember his band? Uh, that's Jesse and the Rippers. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then we have Wake Up San Francisco with Danny yep. Tanner's TV show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I don't, I, uh, I don't know it off the top of my head, so I'll need the choices. A is Rogue Renegades. Mm-hmm. B is Rip Roaring Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. C is Rogue Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. And D is Rush Hour Renegades. Oh, see, you made this difficult. By I didn't make this question. Because <laughs> it's all the... I, I was like dancing around the right words, but now it's just about putting them in the right order and the right combination. In all fairness, I did know it right away. I think I know it. I think I'm going to go with D, Rush Hour Renegades. That is correct. (laughs) It's also just the most fun to say out of those choices. I can hear the song in my head, Rush Hour Renegades, coming at you. There was a whole thing where they were like in the basement, but then the basement became a studio at some point. And then, I don't know, Joey just kept moving around the house, it seems. Yes, yes. Also, it's very strange that like I get like, Jesse married into the family, but then it's like we also just have our unemployed comedy friend. <laughs> <laughs> totally, <laughs> he can live, I guess, in one of the rooms. It's a huge house. I don't know. Yeah, he just hangs out. When I visited San Francisco, I made sure to do the little tour around the park and see the six painted ladies, is what they're called, I think, of the mm-hmm. the iconic house at the start you know the row of houses at the start of the full house so they kind of find the the full house house and then we walked it wasn't as close as i thought we walked down i think it's the same street but like a couple miles the other way to the mrs doubtfire house yes it is walking <laughs> distance but did you see the actual full house house um i believe or just the painted just the outside yeah i saw the outside which the yeah. painted ladies is not where the house actually is oh no <laughs> but it's very close to the uh doubtfire house yeah 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 but wow. you didn't see the actual house then i thought it was one of those painted lady houses <laughs> now they are not into visitors though oh no i can imagine they're very anti-visitor um <laughs> did however, you try did you try to go is that how you know 
Oh, I went. <laughs> I have pictures in front of the actual house. They painted it blue. They tried to like completely disguise it. Do not enter. Like, do not trespass. Fences everywhere. Bushes high. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, I believe the um, like maybe Jeff Franklin or one Miller boy yet one of the mm-hmm. one of those producers bought the house. Oh, okay. When it went for sale, and I don't know if they've kept it or since sold it again, yeah. but um, it was back in the family for a little bit during the Fuller House days. I know Recently. when I also was there, I inadvertently ended up taking some of like the other like photos in front of like the the opening montage. Like, there's definitely one in front of like the sailboats. Oh yeah, uh, you know <laughs> that are like at the pier. <laughs> just like mm-hmm. just gotta do all the San Francisco things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not a uh, Sam, uh, a full house podcast. We're sometimes a Cobra Kai podcast. Uh, but um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, of of magic, uh, there is another show though uh, I wanted to bring up uh, while we're in the topic of TV is uh, a new HBO Max show called Hacks. Are you familiar with it? Not at all. It takes place in Vegas. And Matt, I saw your name. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've never heard of hacks i'm not familiar so hacks is a, a story about um gene smart plays this kind of like almost past her prime she's a very successful comedian who has a theater show and uh the the, the beginning of the series starts where the casino owner is trying to cut back on her dates because she's not as like popular with the the young kids anymore right so mm. she's like this legendary was on sitcoms you know but kind of doing like old dated ish material mm-hmm. and then there's another la writer who's a young and upcoming writer who um makes a a, a tweet that cancels her <laughs> kind of mm. so like she's like unemployable no one will hire on a writing staff so their their manager uh played by paul downs uh you know very funny sketch and improv comedian uh he sets them up so that she will write new material for this like uh older comedian and they have like a like a budding uh relationship but the whole show takes place in vegas so there's lots of clips of the strip and just seeing your name on the link and really it's funny to see you know people i know who have current shows in vegas in the show because it's filmed so recently so very cool i'll have to uh I mean, it sounds like a decent show. It's very regardless. funny. It's a very funny show, and it's very tied into showbiz. And is it know, a full blown comedy or is it like a drama? It's uh, you know, it's got dramatic elements to it too, but it is a co- it's a comedy, and it's they're short episodes. They're only half an hour. I think they're releasing two at a time each week, so only mm-hmm. six episodes are out, so you can catch it real quick. Yeah, I think the first season's probably around ten episodes, uh, but it's very funny. The um, the um, younger lead. Uh, I don't have her name in front of me. I think it's Hannah something is like the daughter of like Lorraine Newman from SNL. So, huh. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a great comedy movie for the very first time, not last night, but the night before. Um, Billy Madison. You had never seen Billy Madison? <laughs> no, I know it's a classic, but this is my first <laughs> time seeing it. Boy, was it great. Wow. Uh, I mean, Sandler's, that's like Sandler's prime right there. I know. I've seen Happy Gilmore so many times, and I thought both are on HBO Max. And I said to, because Tiana hadn't seen it either, and she likes Adam Sandler and uh, SNL and all that stuff. And I said, listen, instead of Happy Gilmore for the 40th time, let's do a little Billy Madison. And we did, and we both really enjoyed it. 
I mean, those are the two movies that he made his production company after. You mm-hmm. know, Happy yeah, Madison. hence the name. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if Happy um, Happy Gilmore, the name Happy, came from Billy Madison because it was the name of like the puppy in the book that he reads in the oh, classroom. Maybe. maybe. You know. never picked up on that, no? No, I didn't pick up on that. Hmm. Well, you got to go back and watch it. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a very <laughs> good movie. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. It was I, good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I was glad we did it. Yeah, I mean, Steve Buscemi is so funny in that movie too. It's, oh it's always, yeah, it's always good to see the uh, like the the Sandler stable of characters, kind of that mm-hmm. you know he has recurring in all of his movies. Uh, but I I haven't had a lot of time to to watch a lot of things other than this hack show because I'm wrapping up this editorship this week and I am so excited to be done. Uh, we got the last newsletter. I'm about to finish that up this week and put it out for the uh, first of June. So by the time we record next week, I will be done, absolved of my responsibilities, creating these like 20 page, if not more. Uh, I guess 20 pages is more of a magazine than it is a newsletter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's been a lot of work, and me and my co-editor have, you know, are proud of all the stuff that we were able to put together for the Psychic Entertainers Association, and we're happy to pass on the baton to the next editors and, uh, you know, continue reading and uh, and participating um, from from afar. <laughs> Great way of trying to give it a positive spin, but you just sound so happy. to be done yeah it's just a lot of work and now you know i've gotten into this habit though of like writing because i the thing with this that made it harder is we weren't just editing uh, like articles that were submitted we ended up writing a lot of this thing too so i I got this habit of writing every month and i want to keep that going because i have a lot of projects that i have that are writing projects that i just want to accomplish but now that i don't have that kind of burden I can now continue the momentum of my writing, but just on the projects I want to focus on. I can't wait to see if you're actually done or if this is just like Gronkowski retiring from football <laughs> and you're going to be back in like six months. What do you think? Uh, I don't think, I mean, I think it was a good uh, pandemic project. You know, okay. I had the time to do it, but like I, I couldn't figure out like how I would be able to do this if I was still traveling, like on the road. Oh, right. So. I'm hoping all that comes back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it doesn't, I guess I'm back to writing the magazine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so I might be right about the whole Gronkowski analogy after all. (laughs) Let's let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Do we start to see those things? People going back on the road now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm so hoping like at least planning, you know, for the future. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm hoping more like the Edelman, which is, seems like a more final <laughs> retirement for talking gotcha. about Patriots players. But yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people are looking towards the fall. There's still some hesitation, but I, it seems like the world is gonna be open up by fall. So I think uh, the, you know, they're starting to come in. We're starting to fill. Uh, calendars and uh, you know, but everyone's kind of still holding their breath because they're like, we're not sure. But we're hopeful that we're all mm-hmm. going to go forward with this. But I definitely mm-hmm. I'm getting the sense that there's less of a desire for people to do like Zoom and virtual stuff now that the world is open. So, I mean, it's still I think it's still always going to be around. It's going to be an option. But I think people are just kind of done sitting in front of their computers because they've done it for a year. So they if they can go get out and see other people and experience things live, they w- would prefer that, I think. It's gone, right? The Zoom yeah. thing. I mean, it's 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 essentially just gonna almost disappear. I think, right? I mean, I think it's a good business tool for sure, 
I mean, and again, like if you are a large company and you have employees all over the world, it's physically impossible for you all to get together. But if you want to do an event that includes everyone, Zoom is a great option, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, think that's going to stay around. Also, I think if you are um, kind of pitching your show uh, to, to a client, you can have them hop on Zoom rather than like meet in person just to be like, I can show you a few things here. And yeah. this is a sample of what the live show might be. But it's so you can use it kind of as a marketing tool or it'll be there or even as like teasers too. like if I can't go to, say, a campus or a company prior to the the event itself. But I'd still want to be like, hey, I'm going to be there in a couple days to a couple weeks. Like, here's a virtual demonstration that I can do right now yeah. to, to whet your appetite for the actual it, stage show. Isn't it more of a to do when you're not doing it all the time, though? Right. So like right now, still, everyone's kind of like up on it. But then the software changes three, four, five, six months goes by and most people aren't using it. And you tell someone to jump on Zoom aren't they going to be like, what are you talking about? I don't even remember <laughs> how to get on Zoom. Right. No, I think I think think from this year, everyone's going to remember their Zoom experience. Hey, <laughs> so I, I don't even know my password to log in this computer. I'm on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for example, we're going to still be using this to do the podcast while we're on different coasts. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're the exception to the rule, man. I think there's going to be a lot more than that than you expect, than you think. Yeah, you're probably you know, right. I right? just want it to go away. Also, I th <laughs> not the podcast. But. I, I also think uh, companies are aware that like, you know, the, the, a lot of these employees were able to work from home for a year. They don't oh, necessarily yeah. need yeah, to come to the true. office. So they're like, well, we could save some office space, you know, by having. I mean, the amount of money being saved by not having those crazy offices in major cities yeah. has got to be insane. Yeah. And to realize, like, for families, you can, like, move away from a major city hub to the suburbs or wherever and still be able to commute, you know, via online. Is, is productivity really going down by working from home anyway? What do you think? That's a good question. <laughs> like, part of me thinks, oh, yeah, they're not doing anything. They're working from home. And then the other part of me thinks, you know, if you look at these crazy offices, I'm sure in New York City, certainly L.A., like, where it's just, it looks like a fun house. They have right. like foosball tables and right, you know, yeah. cafeteria spaces. It's almost like just going to school, but it's like recess all day. Right. Yeah. Especially <laughs> like the Google campuses that really made that such a yeah. priority. <laughs> like, right. Right. Go to the, the get your smoothie, then do company yoga. Then, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. they say it's a standing desk for like health reasons, but really it's just so you don't get too ingrained in your work and you can walk away at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think like, I mean, you know, you and I are very much the same in the way we're, we work about our professions is like, we're never not thinking about the show or like working, you know? So it's like, we have to kind of meld the two anyway of like the recreational and like the business aspect, because uh, let's be honest, what we do is pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, you still have the business stuff, which you still got to get your grasp on, but you know, we're, we're lucky we get to entertain for a living, you know, man. It's so much fun, but the past three weeks, and that's about, uh, four weeks now of doing shows, has kicked my proverbial butt. Mm. Oh, my God. The amount of energy that gets expended doing shows. And I'm not complaining. I am loving every second. But I am fatigued, man. And I didn't realize because <laughs> I was so used to it before. Right. Well, it was Probably never stopped since 2010, you know? And it was just like, wow, it's a lot of energy. 
Well, that was what we were expecting probably might happen because you've been not on stage. You, it's really a muscle. And, uh, you know, just to be standing and like being active and attentive and doing all the things you need to do, it's a lot of work. And so suddenly you're going from zero to 60. <laughs> it's insane. I had no idea how much energy it actually was. And I was doing it. This is, sounds so mm -hmm. crazy to me to say because yeah. I had firsthand experience that was constant and I, it was just something I did. And that was that. And now I'm like tired all the time. Like I might have to nap after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the heat. That's why I'm tired. <laughs> it's starting to get warm here. But uh, no, but I, I know what you're talking about too, because that's why I like incrementally have been like working back up. Like I was doing my socially distanced live show with the mask and everything. But now that I'm like, you know, can do my show without the mask and it feels normal again. I talked about that mm. last week. And like I was doing these kind of smaller variety shows that are like smaller sets. Like I talk about scam as if the, the scam show I do as if it's smaller sets, but I am working that full night. I'm doing 15 minute sets in four to five to six rooms. I'm working for like an hour and a half and you got to mm -hmm. be engaged. But the nice part about that is the rep repetition. So like I'm my chops are getting better and better because I'm doing the same thing over and over again again. So, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's, it's going to be nice to really get the tour back and to be like on the road and getting that going. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this upcoming year in terms of shows. Awesome. Yeah, yeah man. It's going to be a great one. I've got this new way I can actually see the audience before I go on stage or before they can see me, I should say, which is really fun. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, well, I, I'm, it's just the way the stage is set up. And I, I, oh, I came in early okay. one day to test it. And I was like, I wonder if I just stood there, if anyone would see me. And, and you really can't see anything. So I can actually get a nice gauge on what's going on in the house. Like um, the other night, I had my first audience since we started that needed a little bit of waking up. They were actually, mm. don't get me wrong, they, they were an amazing, great crowd. But I just had to work a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and you always have to work, right? I think Seinfeld has like a, a quote that like, yeah, you know, it's, it's some, I can't quote it, but it's something about how like, you know, being Jerry Seinfeld will get him through the first three minutes, but after that, you still need to deliver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's for any, you know, major celebrity too. You're, you're granted a grace period before, yeah, uh, where they're just like, woo, we're so excited to see you and whoever you are and everything on TV. And it's like after that little grace period's over, it's like, all right, but we still have an hour show, so this has to be good. <laughs> right, and when you're not Jerry Seinfeld, you don't even have that grace period. So instead, like, <laughs> yeah. you don't know what you're going to walk into. So in right. Vegas especially, sometimes you're walking into just incredible energy mm -hmm. for whatever reason based on you or not and right. then other times you walk into and it's just like oh it's monday and the, these people seem a little tired i'm about to wake them up and you know that was fun too because i hadn't done that in so long and they were a great crowd but i could tell from the minute i could see them and they couldn't even see me i was like hmm this is a this is a, a group that's gonna need a little coaxing here yeah, I think that's also just something to be aware of, too, because you got to remember these audiences ha haven't been in audiences for a year and they're getting used to that procedure. You kind of teach them. You have to reteach them how to be an audience, a good audience again. So I think jet that, lag, yeah, jet lag. They haven't traveled in a long time. Being near strangers that are closer than six feet, maybe, you know, like. you, 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 you got to admit travel is super easy when you do it all the time. It's literally yeah. nothing. But when you stop, 
Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird to be like, oh yeah, I gotta. You, you, all of a sudden, you suck at packing. No? Yeah, it's like, wh- how do I? I used to be so quick. Cool. It's like on the subway, you you can tell a true New Yorker on. Well, now that everything's tap, it's different. But um, you, how quickly you can get your Metro card out and then back into your pocket, <laughs> you know, in one swoop. And it's kind of the same thing I think for the like the TSA line too. Is like how quickly you can get off the watch and the and the the wallet in the bowl and the bag up on the thing and walk oh, through yeah. and, and then repack. <laughs> I am not a fan of when they don't want you to get the bowl. They want you to put your wallet in your bag now. Do you know this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go and get go a bowl. bowl. <laughs> I am old school. I'm like, listen, I have a system. Yeah, I like you the bowl. You want this line to move? <laughs> Let me do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you never want to be on the subway and being the guy holding up the line because you can't get your oh, card yeah. out fast enough. Or you swipe it and it doesn't go. Well, that's why in New York, everything's tapped now, so you can use your phone, and uh, that, that's a fun little benefit. But I still mm-hmm. have money on my card, so I'm trying to like do, do the last of the, the swipes until so I use up that card, and then I'll just switch over to my phone. <laughs> See, I would, I'm not familiar with it, so I'd get real stressed walking through one of those. Unless oh, yeah. I was with you, in which you'd be uh, like, up, oh, just do this. But yeah, like if I was yeah. by myself, I'd be like, oh, oh humana, uh, you know? <laughs> I love the, you threw a humana in there. Um, but, you gotta throw in a humana. Um, Matt, uh, before we start to wrap up, I know there's some headway with your, uh, was it the Instagram account with the handle? Get this, get this, get this. <laughs> Ready? Let's fill in people because if they, if this is their mm. first episode they're listening to, maybe they didn't hear the saga of, uh, <laughs> of dealing with Brazil. Was it Brazil? I've been, I've been reaching out to Matt Franco for a little bit of time now. Matt Franco in Brazil, Sao Paulo. Uh, asking if he would uh, give me his Instagram handle, which was at Matt Franco, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought, you know, it'd be cool to have that. Right. Um, you know, not with an underscore, not with a zero as the O, not with magic at the end. You know, mm-hmm. I just thought, yeah, it'd be really cool to have. So I offered a fee. He accepted. It took two weeks for Instagram to kind of agree to this and, yes. and finally hand it over. But I now have the name. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a... Bonus icing on the cake, unrelated to Matt Franco in Brazil, but thank you to Matt Franco. But there's a bonus to this. Also got it on Twitter. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. Mm. You have a lot of followers on your Matt Franco Magic account. Are you going to mm-hmm. transfer it over or are you going to keep the Matt Franco Magic account? It's already done. It's already done? You're just at Matt Franco? It's over. Wow. Signed, sealed, delivered. You know you can just change your handle. Right. Yeah. You yeah, so the handle has been changed. It's the same account. Mm, there you and go. that's it. And then now Matt Franco magic remains in some sort of purgatory so that someone can't just like take it. There we go. Okay. You know. So we'll have to update when we do our social medias. I got to remember not to type out Matt Franco magic anymore. I think it'll notify you, right? Like, doesn't yeah. it fill in it'll the blank as you type something in? Papa, yeah. It'll p- Unless you, you put two T's in Matt, in which case you'll just never find me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. You know, like, it's one of those things, like, Diddleman, at least it's one of those things where people aren't going to assume they know how to spell it, so they're going to, like, check it. Yeah. Everyone assumes they know how to spell Matt, so nobody questions it. They're just like, yeah, I'm A-T-T. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Who would and spell then, it with one T? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of social media, uh, you can follow us on our social media at Mind Magic Pod, and you can write us an email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but before we go, Matt, uh, let's hit up our goals. 
you had a goal last week to uh, to download the Berbiglia podcast so that you can make fun of me, but uh, also <laughs> to keep uh, your uh, mind frame in like check. It'll be like present and mindful. I think. Did I say that? I said the, that. Mindful? I don't think those were the words. Those were the words I wrote down. <laughs> I think there the was a mind frame. I wonder what I said. <laughs> that was me typing quickly at a keyboard as I, don't I was think, editing the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I achieved the goal because I don't even remember what it was. You didn't keep, keep the mind frame? I wonder what mind frame I was referring to. Gosh, I, I got to go back and listen to number 46 because I really don't know. Yeah, um, I, I think you were just trying to keep your mind on the show and do good shows, maybe. I don't know. Oh gosh! Oh, maybe maybe it was something about the the positivity in the work environment that has just been really strong. Yeah, we have like literally before we go on stage, we have like little clapping fits backstage and like have a great oh. show to each other. And like I always wonder, like the audience must hear us because we get loud back there sometimes, you know? Maybe, but maybe they just think that's you know something else happening. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was referring to. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, in terms of downloading the Berbiglia podcast, um, <laughs> I didn't get to that. That's fair. In lieu that's of that, fine. I watched a small segment of Bob Saget interviewing Jody Sweden. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's practically the same thing. It's identical. It. It's just instead of <laughs> Berbiglia, you get Saget. Instead of Sweden, you get Diddleman. I mean, it's the same. It's you. You can it, come on. It's like. It's like walking through the link and thinking you're at the win. It happens all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then, so what's your goal for this week? Uh, since we, I'll make sure to jot it down correctly this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's to download the Mike Berbiglia podcast <laughs> so I can actually, and it's not a joke because I really do want to hear the part mm-hmm. where he references you and where the um, comedian who you don't want to give credit to. <laughs> yeah. That makes fun of you. I, I really yeah, would yeah, like yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And I know we've had some people chime in on the mailbag about, uh, but uh, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think comedians are still uh, still making fun of uh, uh, magicians uh, as, a, as a punchline. Uh, it would be interesting to hear from a lot of our viewers if you have, have a take on, uh, on why those, magi- uh, those comedians go for those easy jokes i mean there's really no wrong answer I there mean, really is just... no wrong answer but i'm curious or if you have a bad magic joke we should he- we should be reading bad magic jokes on this podcast Ooh, right? i like that yeah i like that yeah. i think so okay uh so yeah email us at mind over magic podcast at gmail with your bad magic jokes uh do I you have that... a goal yeah um uh, my goal is gonna be pretty much the same as my goal last week which was to work on the website and to to finish vibrations which is the uh, the the newsletter so uh that one will have to be done the finishing the newsletter because that is due this week so that's my main focus um but i've made headway on my website uh it's almost done so within a uh, few days to maybe a week uh, I'll, we'll hit that launch button and, uh, I'll have a brand new website and I'm really excited. Fantastic. Uh, we're getting close there. Uh, but I'm also going home to see family this weekend. So my real goal is to relax and chill and have fun over Memorial Day weekend. It's uh, so important. Yeah. I, I spent the last two days off, actually just off. Um, yeah, it's really important to recharge those batteries, you know? Yeah. But maybe while I'm home. Maybe me and the family will do something to live life for the cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where where it'll take us? But again, just yeah, it's important just to 
to see family and uh, yeah, to reset and just kind of like, you know, especially as, uh, you know, we both have been working hard over the past month as things open up and uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take care of your own mental health as well. Well, I, I look, it feels like it's been more than a week since we chatted. I think it's been about a week. I, I look forward to seeing the website completely finished by next week. And as always, uh, definitely enjoy casting with you. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And uh, good luck with shows. We will catch up next week. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 